2: On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, I'm back from vacation. The Toronto Raptors are doing not a whole lot, so we're going to talk all about FIBA. Team Canada has one Group H. They are through to Round 2. We'll get into that. Raptors at FIBA doing good things. Dennis Schroeder, for example. And we will do a little Raptors temperature check with our pal Vivek Jacob. It's all coming up today. Let's get to it. Oh, because like, when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So.
3: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network
2: and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, August the 29th, And I'm your host, Sean Woodley, back from gallivanting about the West Coast for like two and a half weeks, and boy, did I enjoy not thinking about your Toronto Raptors. But we're back today, we will talk some Raptors coming up later on, got a whole bunch to get to. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and you'll follow, subscribe, rate, review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps, and on YouTube, we are on Instagram as well, and of course, the Discord still going strong. I logged back in yesterday after not looking at it during my vacation, and it was popping off still. People having a great time talking FIBA, talking raptors, talking movies, talking all sorts of fun stuff. If you want to be part of our growing listener community, join the link in the dis- sorry in the description of the podcast and you'll become part of our Discord server. Great little community, family we got building around the show and uh today's show is brought to you by our friends over at fanduel sportsbook official sportsbook at of locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduel.com locked on to get started and we will get started by bringing in our pal Vivek Jacob, Big V from raptors.com. Like I said, we'll talk a little Raptors at the end. Nothing is happening right now. So we'll get into that. But we are going to talk a lot of FIBA today, something that Big V is very fond of. Big V, how are you? It's been a long time, my friend. I missed you. Yeah, man. I missed you too. I'm doing great. <laughs> we got the FIBA
3: World Cup going on. We got the US Open going on. Uh, Asia Cup is coming up. We got India versus Pakistan on Saturday. So it's going to be good times, man. It
2: is good times. You're just uh, you're in hog heaven. It's all the sports that Big <laughs> V loves all happening at one time. It's a beautiful thing. Who says there's nothing going on in August in the world of sports? All right. Uh, let's talk about FIBA, shall we? Team Canada today blows out Latvia after a bit of a rocky start. They were down 10 after the first quarter. They go on a 20-7 to run to close out the first half. And then they summarily uh, whip Latvia's asses in the second half finished with a 101-75 win. They finished the group 3-0 with a plus 111 point differential. They win group H. They are into the next round awaiting the winners of group G. Looks like Spain will be in, but there's a huge game between Brazil and Cote d'Ivoire tomorrow that's going to determine who else joins Canada and Latvia in there. Big V, what are your biggest takeaways from the third game of the FIBA World Cup? And if you have bigger ones from the group stage, this is, of course, the first time we've talked since I went away. This is the first game I've gotten to watch in full because of jet lag and weird time differences out west and all of that. Uh, What are your sort of big takeaways from this game and uh, the sort of tournament at large as a whole so far?
3: Yeah, like you said, slow start out the gate and I think Latvia came and punched them in the mouth and they finished second in European qualifying and three-pointers made. They were second in three-point percentage. So Uh, you kind of came in thinking, okay, if the, if I was about to say if the Raptors, but uh, (laughs) similar tone, similar vibes, Oh, a team that shoots well. Oh my God, this could be very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And you know, Canada is not blessed with a plethora of shooting. So uh, I think that's what played out in the first quarter defensively. They just weren't at it. And Jordy Fernandez is becoming the star of the show in these timeouts where you can listen Mm -hmm. in. Um, And I don't know if you caught this yet, but literally at the end of the first quarter, he's like, you guys want to finish first? What the...
2: (laughs) (laughs) I did catch it. It was great. Uh, Love the FIBA look inside the, the, the huddles. It's fantastic.
3: Yeah, and so... They they turn it up from there, like you said, that twenty to seven run to finish uh, the half with the lead, then another ten to run after, and, and oh my god, the Shea Gilgis Alexander show mm-hmm. once that third quarter started. I mean, this guy getting to just full out cheer for him
2: is the best it's thing. Pretty awesome, man. <laughs> 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 remember when uh we were like oh the thunder they're pathetic they're they'll just trade shade to the raptors right yeah. uh yeah that's not uh happening anytime soon it's very
3: regrettable we hate it no but yeah watching him do his thing like just putting guys on skates knocking down mid-range after mid-range uh and then fiba kelly
2: captain kelly <sighs> oh my god I, so I, li- I might like FIBA Kelly more than I like FIBA Shea. I'd love FIBA <laughs> Kelly. He's incredible. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he's the perfect captain for this team. Uh, and then Dwight Powell is like this unsung hero. Dylan Brooks is like towing the line of like being irritant and like just fitting into your role to the perfect degree so far. So you love to see that. RJ Barrett is doing his thing. Uh, He had a rough one against France, but since then, he's bounced back pretty nicely. So you just love the way things are clicking. The bench has been awesome. Um, And so I think things are looking up, man. Uh, I came in saying, okay, you know, the first goal has to be just qualify for the Olympics. You know, don't Mm -hmm. get ahead of yourselves. Like, we don't need to talk about a gold medal. We don't need to talk about the podium right now. Just qualify for the Olympics. And now you can kind of taste it. If, you know if, if things kind of break the right way over these next few games uh they'll be very close and that's still that's still where my head is at get that olympic spot first mm-hmm. but man you look at everything that's happening around this is absolutely one of the best teams in the tournament
2: Yeah, and France not making it out of the group. Pretty big deal, I'd say. Obviously, Canada uh, beat their asses pretty summarily to start the tournament as well with that big second half. And... Yeah, I mean, you can kind of squint and see the pathway, right? And the Olympic spot, you know, it's complicated by the fact that the Dominican Republic's 3-0, they look awesome. Puerto Rico still has a good shot of qualifying. Uh, And Brazil, that game against Cote d'Ivoire, kind of big, not just for who who, who, they did the Raptors thing, who Canada will play, uh, but also for the Americas, like, charts, right? If Brazil loses tomorrow to Cote d'Ivoire, who had that big upset win then you're all of a sudden thinking, okay, there's one less team to worry about, one team that you would typically traditionally be worried about in the Americas conversation. So, uh, yeah, like, it feels like it's come down to Canada, Dominican Republic for, for that at this point, the way Dominicans played, which is, uh, do we trust Carl anthony Towns to do really good in really important games further into the tournament? We will see. Um, do you have any reservations about this Canada team? We're because big I, fans. Because they they'll mm-hmm. likely get get in a
3: group with uh, Serbia, yep, um, yep. And so hey, we love Darko, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so we'll be cheering for Serbia for sure. Hundred percent. Um. So look, I before I went away on vacation, had Oren Weisfeld on this show to talk about Canada basketball and like. The idea that it would be different this time around, I am still broken by that loss of the Czech Republic on home soil a few years back uh, in the qualifying tournament for the last Olympics. It was a nightmare. I hated every second of it. And I, that really was kind of like the last straw for me for a little while. When it came to Canada basketball, I've told myself, I'm not going to buy in until they get through the second round of this tournament, the second group stage, which they've qualified for very easily, which is great to see. Um, but you know, the, the first 10 minutes of that Latvia game, we're like, Oh no, I've seen this before. I hate this movie. It's the worst. Um, Is there for you anything that is still a bit of a concern for you? Dwight Powell got banged up today. He had foul trouble. Uh, Dylan Brooks had four fouls. You're probably not going to want that against tougher competition later in the tournament as well. Um, The bench, you know, there's been good contributions from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. The knife, as uh, Jordy Fernandez referred to him as, while also quoting Alanis Morissette lyrics. We love that. Pandering to the Canadian audience. Um, Phil Scrubb two or three from deep today. That was nice to see, but not a ton of production from the second unit. What to you stands out as like the biggest concern with this Canada team still remaining despite the very successful first round?
3: Yeah, I think if you go up against uh, a team that has more than three-point shooting, like when you look at Lafayette, it was like, yeah, when they were hot, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, they started out 0 for 9 from three. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's when Canada could really take control. Um, I thought Canada fueled their transition game pretty uh, significantly, I'd argue. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they brought the physicality even in the half court sets. You could see that concerted effort to, um, you know, there were some post actions for RJ Barrett and then Shea obviously doing his thing one on one um, and getting to the basket. So I think if you go up against a team that can rely on the three ball, but also, you know, run a very effective offense, like say an Australia in a potential quarterfinal, like right now you're likely looking at a quarterfinal against one of Australia, Germany, or Slovenia. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at an Australia team, we saw we saw Germany, you know, in those warm-up games, those were very competitive games, very tight games. Um, and obviously we have to see what Franz, uh, Wagner's health looks like, mm-hmm. and if he's going to be playing, that's going to be a huge factor. But if he is, like, those are going to be tough games. Those mm-hmm. teams I would put above Latvia, right? And so again, when the shooting isn't quite there, um, how does that stack up? And you you're going to run into these teams that can sustain these runs for longer, right? And you know you're not you you might go into um, the third, you know, late third, early fourth down you know and how do you respond then right so i think those are the tests that are awaiting this team uh but so far so good
2: yeah and i mean the nice thing is if you get into one of those situations where you have to respond to a run your answer can just be uh shay go do stuff and he probably will because he rocks uh (laughs) we're gonna come back on the other side, I get into some other friends from the Raptors world over at FIBA. In particular, Dennis Schroeder. I want to get your thoughts on his wonderful performances so far. At a 30-point game in his last outing or a t- couple outings ago for Germany, has looked very good despite having a bit of an Achilles thing going into the tournament. We'll get into that and what it means for the Raptors coming up in just a sec. Before we do that, however, gotta tell you, better friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You gotta go check them out because right now they're getting ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV that is like a serious deal you gotta go and check him out you get that $100 off NFL Sunday ticket just by betting $5 on FanDuel if you're a football fan you're probably not going to find a better deal when it comes to Sunday ticket than that now is the best time to join FanDuel the app is easy to use and can be on everything you can bet on everything that is from spreads to player props and more so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer
0: you won't want to miss FanDuel official partner of the NFL Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay,
2: we continue on here. Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com along. Just a heads up, tomorrow and Thursday, we got a two-part episode with our pal Jamar Hines as we're going to dig into his recent piece over at Raptors Republic, or series of pieces, sorting out the best player at every number in toronto raptors history exactly my kind of stuff we'll have a good time with jamar doing that the next couple days and uh you know maybe we'll get some actual news <laughs> to stick into raptors wise in the coming week or so so we can get into it next week either way big v let's get back to a sort of raptors related thing at uh, the FIBA world cup which is dennis Schroeder balling out about twenty points a game, six assists. Uh, looking very good on a Germany team that went three and zero in the group stage. I think they beat Japan very easily today, or are in the process of doing that. Uh, yeah, but they did it. It's, it's it's like nighttime there. Never mind. They did it earlier today. I have no. I'm jet lagged still and don't know what time it is anywhere. Uh, so forgive me. Either way, uh, Dennis Schroeder, someone who I think, you know was probably the best option the Raptors had when Fred VanVleet walked in the summer so they go and sign him to the mid-level it was not maybe like a perfect signing for the money and for particularly the fit as I don't really think you can start him still with this Raptors team considering the lack of shooting that would be around him in theory you know he probably starts in place of Gary Trent Jr. Um, But he looked really good he hit he was like five of nine from three in that 30 point game he had Uh, is he good at three point shooting now Big V that is the question You are muted, friend. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He is good at FIBA
3: three-point shooting. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that is the one thing that if people are watching, especially that Australia-Germany game, which was a phenomenal game, uh, arguably the game of the tournament so far, um, he, he was excellent, you know, pulling up for three, catching and shooting from three, but you just have to recognize that the FIBA three-point line is not the NBA three-point line, mm-hmm. and so those opportunities are not going to be the same. Uh, that being said, I love the leadership role that he's taken on, uh, the way he's playing, even with his dribble penetration, the way he's getting to the basket, uh, some nice finishes, some nice kickouts, uh, and... He is playing an amazing role for Germany. And the way he stepped out, because obviously once that news broke out that uh, Franz Wagner was carrying an injury, it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, what's the response going to look like? And I thought he was excellent, um, really led uh, Germany well. And so I think there's a lot of positives to take from his performances so far. And I will just say that one caveat is the fact that the FIBA three-point line is not the NBA three-point line.
2: Yeah, look, uh, Dennis Schroeder's career has not exactly been dotted with successful three-point shooting seasons, and I don't think that after a fun summer of bomb and threes for Germany that that's just all of a sudden going to change. I still think the fit concerns and the issues that Dennis Schroeder's skill set present to the Raptors are still there. I-, I think those are concerns. What is your, like... Obviously, the Raptors are trying to replace Fred VanVleet. You're not replacing his pull-up three-point shooting or his catch-and-shoot three-point shooting. The nine threes he took per game, yes, he wasn't excellent bombing them this past year, 34% or so, but still, he took tough shots, he took shots that bent the defense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've been litigated a million times. How much of the void that Fred VanVleet leaves behind do you think can actually be filled by Dennis Schroeder? Because I've been pretty skeptical about it and I think obviously his role is still up in the air you know maybe he starts I I don't think he's going to but we'll see obviously Darko Ryakovich has a relationship with him we'll see there it would certainly be all right to have like a point guard on the floor to start games as I have said before I don't think Scotty Barnes is that just yet if ever but where are you at as far as Schroeder's capacity to replace what they lost in Fred Van Vliet and the idea that yes you lost Fred but Schroeder plus Jalen McDaniels plus internal growth can kind of fill in that void and maybe make it so this whole run it back idea for the Raptors, running it back sans Fred, is not actually a disastrous, awful plan. Yeah,
3: for me, I would not look at it as, you know, just trying to replace Fred. I just look at it as a different type of fit. I think this mm-hmm. team is going to look pretty different. Oh, cool. it's going to be so- a weird team, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so from that standpoint, uh, I think they're just different types of players and you're looking for different things out of each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also know that the ceiling is not quite as high, right? Like mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet at his absolute best is a fringe all-star. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Dennis Schroeder, you look at more as like an above replacement level. Right, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think he's gonna have those highs where he plays really well, and you know he's feeling it from the outside, and you know he has those nights where maybe he goes, you know, four of eight from three, and it's like, wow, this this was a great night for Dennis, but you're not uh, expecting him to shoot, you know, forty percent on the season from three, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I think from that standpoint, the expectations are different. Um, I'm curious to to see what his dribble penetration looks like in a Raptors uniform. I'm curious to see what his leadership uh, looks like. I think the signs are very encouraging. Uh, With Germany, this is a guy that is turning 30 years old. He's obviously been uh, around the league for a while now. So I think it's going to be good to have that type of voice in the locker room. And I think I've also seen enough... Uh, you know, you think about his really good moments, whether it's right now with some recency bias from watching Germany or whether it's his best moments uh, playing for the OKC Thunder in that three-guard lineup with Chris Paul Mm -hmm. and Shea just Alexander. Like, if he plays well enough, like that confidence he spoke with when he was introduced to the media and was like, yeah, I want to start. And that's the goal. And at the end of the day, I'll do whatever Darko wants me to do. But you can see why he feels that way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you can see what the case would be for him to start and taking uh, some of that pressure off scotty and pascal
2: yeah i mean we'll we will litigate the who should start thing plenty of times between now and the start of the season i would assume still got two months to wait um any, any other uh former raptors pals who are uh, turning your head? Obviously, ronde Hollis Jefferson, number two in the tournament in points per game, behind only Luka Doncic. After that thirty-eight point monster, a thirty-eight point monster game he had uh, playing, of course, for Jordan. Um, you've got uh, you know other pals. Who are the other pals? Utah kicking around doing stuff. You've got. Um, am I We're missing not somebody? Home. Bruno, that's the other one. Bruno, of course, uh, very heavily <laughs> featured for Brazil, very important in the uh, game tomorrow between Brazil and Cote d'Ivoire, of course. Uh, any pals you got to sort of uh, turn in your head that you're having a good time reminiscing and watching them play FIBA ball?
3: Yeah, Ronde is just like doing his thing. It's crazy. <laughs> like he has come out. He's So I don't know if you've seen any highlights yet, but he has come out wearing the number 24. He's wearing an armband. He's shaved his head. He's literally doing Kobe impersonations out there. (laughs) Like they were down four to New Zealand with 15 seconds left. He dribbles the length of the court and hits a pull-up three (laughs) and gets fouled to tie the game and send it. Sure, man. FIBA's weird, man. (laughs) (laughs) And so like it's crazy. I'll, I'll send you a highlight pack. Where it's, like, they're calling him Lefty Kobe. Like, (laughs) it's insane. Uh, And so that's been fun to watch Utah. Like, it's been amazing to watch Japan play at home. Mm. And, like, that comeback win to have that World Cup winning moment, um, World Cup game winning moment, was huge. I mean, he wasn't a big part of it. Like, their guards were just spectacular. Um, but he bounced back nicely uh, with 24-7, and seven, I believe, today mm-hmm. against Australia. Uh, so, a nice performance there. And, yeah, it's been nice to see him. Um, and I thought there was a funny moment between him and Patty Mills. Obviously, they were teammates in Brooklyn where mm-hmm. Utah was trying to go for the steal and then inadvertently, like, bumped him pretty hard. Um mm-hmm but obviously everyone knows Utah and so (laughs) laughing about it and smiling when it might go very differently with someone else uh so typical Utah stuff um shout out Takeshi uh I'm sure he had a big celebration the night uh that Japan won uh and so that has been really fun Bruno like he's been playing really well um, playing a lot of center minutes and uh, against Spain he had fi- he finished with 15 points 11 rebounds three blocks and really filling that role nicely and so uh, yeah and then and then we can't forget about Juancho Hernan Gomez mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing with Spain uh, obviously not heavily involved but he's probably on uh, the
2: best team of the lot so uh, and we'll be seeing him soon. Wow, we've totally left out Toronto Raptors legend Tremont Waters. Unbelievable, man. Ridiculous. (laughs) Just tearing it up. 14 a game for Puerto Rico. I, I... Tremont Waters will always be burned into my brain because of that weird covid game they had against the Cavs where him and Daniel Oturu and Jawan Morgan and whoever the hell else was <laughs> <laughs> emergency players. Shout out Tremont Waters. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We're going to get into Raptors talk. Uh, this is ostensibly a Toronto Raptors podcast. I've not paid attention to the Raptors for the last three weeks while well, I'm on vacation and uh, I'm totally not plugged in. Big V is going to fill me in as to what's going on. We'll have a little temperature check on how we're feeling now that it seems like maybe no deals are gonna go down obviously plenty of stuff can still happen but we shall see we'll get into that in just a sec but first got to tell you about our friends over at Lockdown Blue Jays our friend that is Craig Ballard covering the Jays each and every day as this utterly maddening baseball team continues, continues its push to not fall out of the playoffs it's not going great uh they won last night that was fine but boy oh boy this team drives me nuts Bob shed on the sidelines now with another injury getting that news during recording here it's all going great but craig ballard is uh, wonderfully documenting this season for you so go check out On blue jays each and every day for your podcast apps and on youtube
0: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama
2: All right, Big V, um, resisting all the urges to talk about the stupid Blue Jays, uh, who are just driving me nuts. Uh, Let's talk about the Raptors, who also kind of drive me nuts, or at least have for chunks of this summer. Um, Not a ton, other than a lawsuit, which we're not going to touch for now, uh, from the last few weeks while I was away. Uh, You know... the schedule's out. Don't care about that. We know what the, the playing tournament's going to be. That's fine. Uh, teams will play teams in an assigned order. Wow, that's big news. Um, but Big V, where, where are you at? Let's just do a little check into the pulse, a little temperature check. How are you feeling about the state of your Toronto Raptors? The Instagram videos of Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and all the dudes are out. We're getting muscle watch. We're, you know, just kind of spinning our wheels here. Seems like there hasn't been much on the trade front when it comes to Pascal Siakam. Nothing on the extension fronts with Pascal or OG, it seems. Although OG's date's not till October anyway. Um, how are you feeling, man? I, I, this is... It's been a weird summer. It's hard to get super excited about the coming season cuz it feels like things are still sort of in flux but maybe they're not like are we just kind of set with the roster they have now they're just going to go into the year with three pending UFAs of great import and figure it out from there like what well, what's your overall sort of feel right now as we uh, inch closer towards September the month that of course contains media day and the return of training camp my overall
3: feel is that
2: it's been great to not think about this team in august but <laughs> You went away, and- buddy. Vacation was a delight for this very reason. <laughs> Holy, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I don't feel great about this team,
3: and there's still that logjam at the forward spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, I do think that you, de- you do need to figure something out between Chris and Precious, and you know, you've got you've got Pascal and OG, and like. What are all those minutes going to look like? You've still got that young on the team. Otto Porter Jr. is maybe or maybe not healthy. Uh, You've got Grady Dick in the mix. Um, And so what those minutes look like, I have no idea. But Mm. I don't think this is an ideal way to go into the season. Uh, So, yeah, it's just uh, been nice not to think about them.
2: Yeah, I just, I thought maybe I'd come back refreshed and think, oh, you know what? Optimism, let it wash over me. It's not happening, man. I just, I'm excited to watch the Scotty Barnes thing, whatever it is. And everyone should go check out Joe Wolfon's piece today on Scotty Barnes as one of the most interesting and important players in the NBA this year over at The Score. I'll probably get Joe on to talk about that, uh, hopefully next week, actually, because Joe's the best. But um, it just, yeah, it, it feels still, like, something's missing. Like, something's got to happen. There's a domino to fall here, and we're kind of running out of time for that domino to fall and it not kind of bleed in to the start of training camp. And I guess, where are you at on the Pascal trade thing? I still think, like, it makes a lot of sense for the Raptors right now to not trade Pascal for the sake of trading Pascal. That said, I also think that they should probably just choose two of OG, Scottie, and Pascal to go forward with, the Scotty Pascal duo is the talent play, right? Like those are the two best guys. And if you want to just go pure talent, that's probably the move. If you're going like setting up the future and the books and fit, it's probably Scotty OG. We don't need to go through the trade Scotty for Dame thing. I don't think is Dame getting traded at all? Like I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and maybe that's like the thing holding up a subsequent Raptors move. Obviously, Tyler Hero's been kicked around, but what's your like If you're grading it 1 to 10, what do you think is, like, the likelihood here that we actually see another roster move for the Raptors between now and the start of camp? Like, do we see a Tyler Hero deal where you swoop in as the third team uh, in that Blazers heat deal, which is maybe never happening? Do you... I anticipate a Pascal deal kind of falling from the sky here. What What's your sort of read on things? Zero to 10, 10 being the hottest the hot stove can be. Uh, where are you at with the Raptors? And there's sort of potential for more moves between the now and the season because it kind of feels like maybe nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I think right now if I had
3: to guess, I'd probably say it's more likely that there's, you know, there's a move on the fringes as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, a major piece, which – would be could help it it would help it would also yeah. i think be a scary way to enter the season because masai literally said last off season or sorry last trade deadline that big moves are for the off season not the trade mm. deadline sure so are we going to roll the dice again on just hitting a home run and signing all your ufas next off season like what's happening um and so i think that's the risk factor uh going in if nothing happens going into the season is uh pretty high i would say Mm. Uh, and so i don't know Uh, i don't feel great like this summer has just not been good for this team and uh there's no other way to really sell it
2: (laughs) No, there's not. Like, they, they said, hey, we're going to set up this really difficult thing where we got three pending UFAs, and we're going to keep them all. Uh, and then they didn't do it. And, like, I'm sorry, you build a quadruple axle into your figure skating program at the Olympics. That's well and good. If you don't land it, then you just don't win the gold medal. And that's kind of what the Raptors did to themselves. They tried to do the quadruple axle, and they landed flat on their face as though it were me attempting the quadruple axle. Um, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. just to adjust that analogy, it was like they they needed to do
3: that to try and just like land a bronze. Like- yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's look, I, I'm, I'm I'm a little torn on the free agent thing because the track record is still there of them keeping their guys. Right. And I don't know how much to sort of change my feeling on their ability to keep their guys based on the Fred departure thing. The Fred departure thing was bad. They should have seen it coming. They should have looked at that Rockets team and said, huh, that 61 milli cap space could be a problem if they try to get weird. Uh, they got weird and it was a problem. They didn't foresee that. They didn't plan for that. They just kind of seemed to think Fred was going to stay and that it was going to be easy. I don't know if that means they can't retain OG Pascal Gary next summer. And maybe they don't even want to retain Gary, right? Like maybe this one sorts itself out where Gary gets traded to the deadline and they say, you know what, we tried and it just doesn't work or whatever. Um, maybe they extend him. Although the reports of an extension that came when he first opted in seem to have borne no fruit whatsoever. Obviously, I think honestly the biggest thing for me is not even the having the three pending UFAs and keeping them next summer because, like, again, they have the track record of doing that. Do you really want to go into another year with that much uncertainty about what the next year is going to look like? We saw... The pending UFA thing, whether it was subconscious or very out in the open, it mattered to guys like Fred and, and, you know, the the role he had or whatever, right? Like, these guys are trying to get paid. They're trying to get the the, the maximum they can get. OG Ananobi in a contract year is going to want more touches. It seems as though that's just been like telegraphed to all the insiders for ages now. And how does that change the shape of your team? Does that make your team more effective? Does it take away from the effectiveness of the team because guys are commandeering the offense, that is almost a bigger concern to me than thinking you can actually double down and succeed this time in keeping your guys. because um, like I uh, think quickly. they have a very good chance of keeping Pascal, for example. You know, but go ahead. I've been talking too long. No, no, no.
3: Just something deeper with Fred. Like, I think when the news came out that the third year was a team option, mm. like to me that was a sign of, oh, this guy just didn't want to be here. Right. Like, and that to me, to the front office should be a bigger red flag. Like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, you've got the tax situation in Texas and you've got huge benefits with that. And so the team option, you can kind of just gloss over that if you want to. But I I do think that if the vibes were different, that offer, I don't think would have been enough to move Fred away Mm -hmm. from
2: here. Yeah, that's fair. (sighs) We're back from vacation, baby, and we love it. Uh, We'll keep on talking about all this stuff, I'm sure, as we... Progress forward. It was a pretty lukewarm temperature check this time around, unfortunately. Um, but we'll have some fun tomorrow with Jamar. We'll get into that. And again, I'm going to try to get Joe on to talk about Scotty Barnes next week, which should be fun. Uh, but in the meantime, Big V, thanks so much for hanging. It was lovely chatting with you. Uh, it's been too long, my friend. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug for the good people out there?
3: Yeah, I've been covering the FIBA World Cup for Sportsnet. I've uh, actually been rotating with uh, Oren and uh doing a couple of days and then he does a couple of days of recapping the day's events and right i'll be doing thursday and friday so you can look forward to that and then he'll have saturday and sunday so i can enjoy uh india and pakistan in peace and uh <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: talk to v when that's on man it's india, Pakistan, non-starter in peace. Start a concept no anyway <laughs> i digress <laughs>
1: That's the Um. podcast, everybody. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah
2: take it away <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah everyone go check out Big V's stuff uh, you can find me of course on Twitter at Woodley Sean you can follow subscribe to rate review the podcast for free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube it's always appreciated when you go and support there the link to the discord is in the description of the podcast come hang out we'd love to see you in there as we have a lovely community building around the show sickos just like you talking ball every single day come hang out with your people uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with Jamar like I said and then uh, we'll have Jamar twice. That's fun, too. And we will leave it there. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.